0: Hi, I'm Kevin Ross, and this is the podcast. Tyree Nichols and the Disappearing Acts of Black Police Officers. As a youngster, whenever I saw a person, a black person, accomplish something of note, I had this sense of pride. I also remember hoping whenever something bad happened, be it a scandal, a controversy, or anything bringing disrepute, that a black person was not the cause or reason that that situation occurred. This is where my mind went upon first learning of the officer-induced death of Tyree Nichols, the California-raised 29-year-old FedEx-driving skateboarding father to a 4-year-old son who was pummeled by five local Tennessee policemen over a still-yet-to-be-explained traffic incident taking place on January 27, 2023, mere blocks from his mother's home. Tyree Nichols was not who I expected when I initially heard his story. And then, like many of you, I watched the video, the heartwarming one, revealing Tyree's lifelong passion, the Physicality of skateboarding and sunsets while skateboarding and possessing unremarkable yet fearless joy actually riding the skateboard. I forced myself to juxtapose that video from the other. And rather than experiencing post-traumatic stress disorder from viewing Tyree Nichols being beaten, I felt sadness, disgust, anger, and bewilderment. Beyond unnecessary, it was savage and barbaric for no justifiable reason. The interactions amongst law enforcement after the incident were even more troubling because not one of them showed an ounce of humanity for their fellow brother, figuratively and literally. Now, having spent 15 years in the criminal justice system, first as a prosecutor and later as a judge, I'm not easily shocked. And this, this shocked the snot out of me. Because all I kept thinking was, why are these black police officers screaming profanities at this man? I mean, there was zero de-escalation. When I saw Tyree Nichols being propped up against the squad car, bruised and bloodied and battered and calling out for his mother, these officers were exchanging fist bumps. Had had they never laid eyes on the 1991 Rodney King video? Were they just completely removed from what happened to George Floyd? I mean, it simply defies logic in this day and age that individuals who take an oath and swear to protect and serve would be this callous and cavalier. More than 20 minutes passes before any sort of medical attention is provided. Good lord. Looking ahead, what does this mean for the young black man or woman considering wearing a badge? You know, I suspect the fallout will result in even fewer diverse recruits pursuing a law enforcement career, which enrages me because we need them to make a difference. And yet, let's look at 2022. Last year was the deadliest on record for police violence in the United States. According to a 2023 Bloomberg article, at least 1,176 people were killed by law enforcement officers in the U.S., the most of any year since at least 2013. Of those killed, 287 were black. That's 24% of the total number of police killings. Now, black folks only make up less than 14% of the population, so that in and of itself is, is unsettling. And many of these killings began in response to mental health calls or nonviolent offenses or disturbances, situations where there was no crime alleged. And guess what? Routine traffic stops. Now, I know that there have been departments across the country that have instituted alternative community-based responses to these types of situations, and yet here we are. We need black officers to lead the charge, not to make things worse. Just this being Black History Month alone, let's let's go back in time a little bit. 1867, African-American police officers are appointed to the police department in Selma, Alabama. They would be followed in 68 by officers in Jackson County, Florida, and in 1870 by officers in Houston and Galveston, Texas. Also in 1870, New Orleans, Louisiana, had 177 African-American officers. We have individuals like Bass Reeves, who was appointed the first African-American U.S. Marshal as a deputy. William Lindsay in 1941, the first known African-American state trooper hired by the Illinois State Police. eight 1966, Sheriff Lucius Emerson, one of the first elected African-American sheriffs, serving Macon County, Alabama. And even in my city, 1992, Willie L. Williams becomes the first African-American chief of the Los Angeles Police Department. So when we look back in time, and up until now, you know, there's somewhere under 60,000 African-American officers that work in police agencies across the country. We still only make up 13% or so Of those employed in these positions. The average age is 40 years old. I mean, these five Memphis cops personify what we're trying to do in terms of making things better. you, You know, you go and look at someplace like New York, and in 1992, Ray Kelly was appointed commissioner of the New York Police Department, and he announced that his number one priority was to recruit more black officers to the force because, quote, without these actions, there'll be increased tension between the communities and the police. And this tension leads to hostilities that will lead to more cries of racism in the department. So between him and the following, you know, during that same period of time, Willie Williams, in the 90s, we saw this upswing of black folks committing themselves to the betterment of the black community by joining these police departments. And yet, even looking at New York, they've seen a 14% drop in police officers since 2008. Black employment in the Philadelphia Police Department has fallen 19% since 2017. Officers in Chicago, the number has dropped by 12% since 2019. Even Washington DC, long a leader in minority police recruitment, has seen a 25% decrease in the number of officers that were black. It used to be two-thirds of the officers were black. Now we're at about 50%. 24% drop in Los Angeles Police Department in terms of black officers. Now, meanwhile, there are over 18,000 police departments in the United States, some of them big, some of them small. But the bottom line is they're getting less black. And even as recent as 2010, there were 13% of the police force made up by black folks. As of 2019, we're down to 12%, and the number keeps dropping. It's it's picking at that scab, what we saw with Tyree Nichols. Now, how will the police in Memphis fare? Well, we know the chief, uh, C.J. Davis, she acted quickly. We want to see her do the right thing. We, We already know that the special unit was disbanded, the Scorpion unit but there's still more people to be held accountable. A sixth officer was relieved uh, up to the date of my receiving this information, and I'm sure others are going to follow. What happens to the fire and sheriff personnel that were on the scene? Can we see some national level police form result from Tyree Nichols' life ending? We know the Congressional Black Caucus has asked for a meeting with Joe Biden, President Biden, But we've got to have a bipartisan effort here, and it has to be now in honor of Tyree Nichols. This is my takeaway. We have one person's life tragically cut short, the lives of the men who chose to react to the situation forever changed, likely not for the better, more civil unrest, another self-imposed blemish on law enforcement. I mean, there are good cops. A lot is asked of them. We need more, full stop, time for a new conversation with black police officers and black communities. I say, let's call it the Tyree Summit. And each of us, whether by car, bike, or skateboard, need to show up, reach consensus in specific areas, then take those recommendations to Congress and local state governments, and hopefully, prayerfully, one change that can be implemented in Tyree Nichols' honor is to establish a suspect's bill of rights designee whenever multiple officers are on the scene. That's the least we can do. So this man's death will not be in vain. I'm Kevin Ross, and this is The Podcast. Powered by The Reel. See you next time.